Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Dave's got a girl with him. Right. Bloods. It's time. As Adam died. Oh, 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 bloody hell. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for the front three with me, Adam Bolt, with the one and only Dave O'Brien. Hello, welcome back. And of course, Lawrence McKenna. Hey, how you doing? Doing very well. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you listening to us today. Not much going on today. It is an international week after. That is not true at all. So we are going to do a little Q&A. We've just put out a tweet there on this Wednesday evening asking for your questions. They're flooding in. So we're going to get to them. We also need to announce the winner of the Football Manager competition we announced last week. We asked you to submit your reviews on iTunes. We've had, I mean, they're in the, the, the dozens, literally. <laughs> no, one it, it was literally people. one dozen. <laughs> <laughs> One out of 12 of you lucky people is going to win a free copy of Football Manager. But we'll announce that at the end of the show because it's so exciting. Yeah. Um, but until then... How many people have just flicked to the end of the show? <laughs> yeah. And that's all yeah. I need. I didn't win the competition. Fuck the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's get straight into it. We've got a guy here called Danny Zed. That is a cool name. Zezwatt on Twitter. It's an interesting question, uh, considering what's going on in Manchester City right now in their recent form. Mm. Will Pep Guardiola be able to, to tactically influence the English game despite its reputation? Dave, what do you reckon? Pep's coming in, widely regarded as the best manager in the world. The English league, not regarded as the best league tactically. Is he going to walk it? Is he going to struggle? What's going to happen? I think he will walk it, but with a lot of money spent again, Manchester City spent so much money last summer and it's just not reaping the rewards that we've seen in pre- pre- previous years. You know, Aguero signing for City pretty much won them the league. Um, so it's going to be interesting, but Guardiola is going to come in, he's going to play his style, his possession game, his, his positional play, and that is going to massively influence the league, whether it influence um, the you know managers now that will potentially adopt to his style or, um, you know, in, say, 10 years, we might see some more pep. Guardiola-ites coming through but I feel that it's going to be about who's going to counter Guardiola the best I feel that's going to how it's going to play out that Guardiola will go on to you know take City to win the Premier League and whichever team can combat them the best uh, you know sort of coming second maybe be it Mourinho be it Conte be it Jurgen Klopp but it's going to be interesting to see out of that next bunch who is the best at dealing with uh, Guardiola's Manchester City Mm -hmm. It is an interesting situation that Manchester City are in, isn't it, Lawrence? Because, I mean, we spoke a few weeks ago about how maybe they're set up well for their future. You know, uh, their academy is something they're putting a lot of hope into, and they're hoping to have, I think it's sort of, you know, half of their squad they want to be from the academy within five years or something like that. But for the immediate future, as Dave sort of mentioned, their, their recruitment has been poor for three, four years now. Yeah. And they're left with a squad that Guardiola is going to inherit, which is, it's hard to say how many of those is actually would want to keep almost. I think a lot of people probably regard it as like hitting the reset button, though, don't they? So, you know, if you do that, uh, how how often does it really matter what you're resetting? Really, um, probably matters in, in terms of maybe what some players will bring with them. Like, you know, if you keep some of the more experienced guys, then you've got people who uh, I don't even know. I, I don't know what I mean by they've kept the club because Man City res- they pressed the reset button once when they bought when they brought in new owners. Then they pressed the reset button again by buying Rubinho. 
Then they set the pre- <laughs> press the reset button again by uh, doing a number of different things with a number of different players. And so they've had a lot of different reset points, and they've essentially become a different entity to the one that they were even a couple of years ago. So it's it, and, and it, history is, is is essentially on uh, on on the side of the question here because uh, you know when Mourinho came in and Benitez came in they changed the Premier League went four five one or at least it became much more that way that changed Sir Alex and the way that he played because he had to counter that style of play very often um, and it, I think it does influence things and I think you know the Premier League's already trying to catch up to Europe so I think they will they'll they'll. That, you know, obviously everyone's got to play each other. So, you know, if you can, if you've got a style where only once you have to play Pep and you get absolutely mauled, then, you know, who cares? But I think he will bring in little bits of change, which basically make a massive difference in the end. But I think it's other managers too. It's not just Pep, there's other managers too. Oh no, it's going to be interesting to see hopefully Mourinho back, Conte back as well up against Guardiola. But it's that squad, Dave. I find that squad interesting, the, the amount of money and resources that have been ploughed into it. As it is right now, it doesn't look too. Uh, it doesn't look too imposing. I mean, of course, Sergio Aguero is a world-class player. Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, great players. But elsewhere around the squad, you sort of wonder: is there anyone there who was worth the money that was spent? I mean, like with Mangala, Nicolas Otamendi, you know, they, they look you know completely lost without company beside them. Company himself is he in many ways coming to the end of his time at City because, you know, he's failing to get over those injuries. Is Guardiola going to change that? Yaya Torre is his time up. It's interesting to see how they're going to transition into Guardiola. But I feel like they shouldn't be at that point anymore. I mean, Lawrence, you talked there about the reset button. Surely they shouldn't be at a point now where they they need to hit the reset button. This should be a a much smoother transition into Guardiola. I don't know. You you, you referenced Lawrence and Dave Dave. So you're going with Lawrence or Dave? Oh, no, Dave. Let's go. Okay. Uh, we'll flip it back and forth. Go on, Dave. <laughs> Goal! Well, I think with um, I think the problem that they've got there is that they have this director of football in. Um, they did great cheeky. things at, at Barcelona, but it, you question it because if the plan was always to bring Guardiola in, wouldn't they have been signing Guardiola-esque players for the last what three years? No, Dave. Because if then they'd have missed out on Guardiola, then would they have been up shit <laughs> creek? They got their face. But then, you, if you're going for Guardiola, you're going to be going for a manager that plays a similar style of play, right? Well, maybe not. Is, because if you can't get Guardiola, then you... I mean, you know, there's a reason why Guardiola's Guardiola and everyone wanted him. You can't just go for somebody who mimics him. Do you know what I mean? You have to but go I for think him. that I think with that setup, I think that there was always a plan to get Guardiola in, right? And that was what they went for, and they've, they've pulled it off. I think, but I think what but, they've done is they've gone... So, he's the cherry on the Barcelona-shaped cake. They've taken what they think is a successful model in Barcelona and tried to ape a lot of it. So if they'd have got Guardiola, which they did, uh, but, you know, you know, that's fine how long they got him for, etc. But if then that works. But if they don't get him, then they've still got something that they consider to be a successful Barcelona model. So it, they, wouldn't, they not, will not sign Pep-esque players until Pep needs them. Because if they sign them too early, then the players might leave. It's, there's, there's problems with that. So you need Pep to be able to attract Pep players, essentially. Then, for example, the signing of Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is not a pet player for me. No. He's a player that plays on the counter attack. Exactly, but, they've, a, got, but they've, they've, that, they've got the money to jizz up the wall. So, what does it matter to them? Interestingly, I heard. Uh, I thought we were hit. Well, who knows the the truth behind it? But I heard that Bayern Munich were trying to sign Kevin De Bruyne last season. Did we not hear that? Yeah, that was definitely there. But why do you want to be in there? It doesn't. It doesn't fit. Like, where would have Kevin De Bruyne fit in that uh, mm. Bayern Munich team? Nowhere. Well, it's interesting, I mean, to, uh, you know, it's interesting to wonder who he's actually going to sign. So we've seen in the past week Thiago, uh, that was in the Guardian as well. Thiago, they're saying that Guardiola wants to bring Thiago over. Also in the Guardian, that uh, Manchester City believe they can bring uh, Messi over. You know, they're in pole position to uh, to sign Messi. I think I think Man City are a big PR monster. I think they're a massive PR monster, and they oh. ha- are a very publicly owned company with the interest in also bumping up the interest in them and the interest in their investors and all sorts of things. So it makes sense for them to speculate wildly that their company cool. especially, is especially uh, when they're not linked. Well. <laughs> but it, make, it makes sense. Especially when, yeah, I mean, we've seen it from Manchester United a couple of times this season already. But um, on a similar theme, we've got a question here from Hamam M, who says, give us your top four for next season. That's a good question. Oof. Dave, let's come to you first. Mm, I'm going to go Man City. Mm-hmm. 
Um, then Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Then Liverpool. Yes. And then Arsenal. <gasps> oh, you almost matched my uh, my choices. I, I I'd swap out Arsenal for Tottenham, of course. Okay. But I think I see. Right. City, Tottenham, United, and Liverpool. Uh, what do you reckon, Lance? I think I'd probably uh, go there, but I, you know, I'd switch out either Liverpool and United, or I think those still be interchangeable. Yeah, um, think about that. Think about that. Yeah. Wow, wait. I mean, the, the reason is oh, because all four of them have got great managers. Of course. Uh, who will all have heavily James. invested? J. James uh, Alward. Alward. Thank you, Alward. Long-time listener of the podcast. Ooh, he asks, are we now seeing a transition of power within clubs from manager to director and manager? Um, I think uh, that's... Uh, good point i think a lot of clubs have been away from uh, a manager having control of every aspect that's that's not really a, a approach that many premier league clubs seem to be adopting anymore is it i think what we need to do is adjust our terminology because we're going to the european model right we've got a head coach and we've got a director of football and that's what we're yeah. seeing a lot of clubs take that model so maybe that we shouldn't call managers anymore like the Ferguson's, like the Wenger's that have the full control and you're coming to someone like Pochettino that's a good coach that has a director of football behind him. Um, I think like similar with Manchester United with Mourinho, they're going to have a director of football and Mourinho. Um, you know, look around the rest of sort of Chelsea, uh, they've got a director of football and they're going to have Conte. Uh, City, director of football and Pep. So it's just, I think we're just slowly taking on that European model that's been around in Europe for, for decades in a way. Mm. So again, we're slowly adopting a different model. But if a manager, if you can get someone like Sir Alex Ferguson or someone like Wenger that can take everything on board and run the whole thing, then then why not? But I feel that that's going to drop out the game a bit, to be honest, and we're going to have more specialised pers- people in those positions. There does seem to be a certain resistance to that sort of model over here, though, doesn't it, Lawrence? I mean, recently we're looking at Brendan Rodgers and his struggles at Liverpool when he, you know, he had the infamous transfer committee. Yeah, but that's different now, I got- think, because, I, you know, I think if you, you know, it goes both ways. If you're going to pick a manager that doesn't fit in with what your committee thinks then you're shooting yourself in the foot because your point man is doesn't want what your committee wants so if you have conflicting views on who to sign and your manager has been told you will be you know you'll be able to sign players who fit your philosophy and he's written you a hundred page manifesto then you're doing it wrong you know Mm. just because it it, i mean there's a difference between the way the model should work and the way that model works and practical that's the perfect thing about football is practicality and theory crossover and you know, I think oh, I, they, they get it wrong. And I think that was a lot of the problem with Rodgers, was his practical and his theory didn't always line up. I agree. I just feel like the press seems to, even now, mistrust that model that oh, a manager doesn't have control over the transfer. You know, wow, what is this? You know, how can they be, but I think be it blamed suits for them? them. I think it, it suits draw. them, doesn't it? Because it suits the press to have someone to build up and knock down. It's part of the culture in this part of the world right now of course they'll flip it if, if a manager does have control they're like oh they didn't sign anyone yeah exactly. <laughs> they completely missed it well that's what it does it's, it's, it's does get narrative, isn't it but at the same time um obviously you look at uh the, the, go, go and read barney renee's book on the manager and how you know how the managers evolved where it came from and i think you know the manager hasn't always been like a really high um power position you know, it, at one point, it basically, the term that he uses in the book is that it was the chairman's um, fag and bum boy. And I, I mean, that's, you know, that's a direct quote from the book. I think it's a really great book about managers and their evolution and where they've come to now and where they're going. Um, another good question here. Well, it's a good observation, I should say, from Harshit Passy. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't believe that Loscast named all those players with alliterative names, but forgot Lucas Laver. Yeah. Ugh. And then someone who went on a who went on an absolute tear today. Was it the not today? Well, a few days ago we had a guy called the football nomad outside the Big Five writing in. He uh, apparently had a seven-hour trip on the mega bus, and he was thinking about that alliterative eleven hashtag alliterative eleven. He uh, he suggested uh, Emmanuel Abue, of course, Paul Pogba, Zinedine Zidane, Damien Duff, the man Thomas Tuchel. And on the bench he had Victor Valdez, Didier Deschamps, Didier Drogba. Uh, I mean, he's done well. I mean, seven hours to think up uh, 15 or so names is pretty impressive. Did he? Uh, it's a good one. Yeah. 
I think the man that you mentioned, Lawrence, was Simon Says Sup. He went on a bit of a spree today. Yeah, he went on and, and, and finished it with the biggest hole. That was his last response, which um, was pretty he, good. In, in goal, you see Askelainen. Uh, he, uh-huh. he, then, he then tweeted seconds before that saying, this is ruining my life. He said, Mario Mandzukic, Jermaine Genius, John Jensen, uh, Callum Chambers. Who else did he say? Didier Deschamps. Oh, this is a good one. And I, I was thinking, uh, guys, let, let's do this. Uh, no one else do this on their YouTube channel. I'm watching you. Um, let's do a video of this because I like Gennaro Gattuso. Now that's a good one. Gattuso's a good one, isn't it? An absolute uh, corker. Yeah. Go back and listen to the previous podcast and you'll hear us name at least 100 different players with alliterative names. Here's an interesting observation from Stockton. Yeah. At Stockton 98 You've got to defend United more on the front three, especially after the derby and the Liverpool result today. I think um, Jay Stockton also suggested we get Stephen House on the podcast, which I think would more than uh, balance it up. About I think it would more than balance it, and he's more than welcome on as well, Adam. More than welcome. Let's extend, I will, I'll let's reach extend out the hand to uh, Stephen House and, yeah. uh, to get one week, and I'll school um, him. He'll school him. <laughs> uh, another good question here from. Well, again, another observation. Rizab Singh, the Gersa to Liverpool rumour does my head in. We have Coutinho, Firmino and Lallana all vying for the same position. Firmino is useless out wide, so he gets the number 10. Adam Lallana could be a bench option. But then do the other two unnaturally play wide? Dave Rodriguez and Gersa to Liverpool, the rumour refuses to die. Does it even make sense? I think it does make, make sense, but just because I expected Firmino to play a bit wider than he has for Liverpool. He's been playing as a sort of second striker, attacking midfielder, drifting everywhere. But that's what that's where Mario Goetz has sort of made his name, playing in behind um, Lewandowski, um, sort of combining very well, like being quite fluid in their positioning with Kagawa um, and Goetz. So they both sort of interchange their position. So one would start on the left and one would start at attacking midfield and there'd be that fluidity that was so so good so Mario Goetze under Jurgen Klopp is an absolute dream and if he does, does go to Liverpool I'd be pretty upset but it'd be a good move for his career obviously going to Bayern at that time was so stupid so 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 stupid before the Champions League final everything there you know he deserves to have a little bit of a lull in his career but now hopefully if he can move to Liverpool it'll be perfect for the Premier League you know very a technically gifted player you know, he played for Stein for Pep for a bit when he was on one of his experiments and did quite well um, obviously I think he picked up a few injuries and fell out of of love from Pep, but I think it's, it'd be a it'd be really really good buy for Liverpool. If you get some love from Klopp, that would be a good thing. Not everyone at Liverpool is apparently getting love from Klopp right now. So. <laughs> Especially Benteke today said in the Times, or was picked up in the Times that he, you know, he doesn't know what's what's going on. Has I'd, he done be, something bad? I'd be interested to know if that interview was done in English. It wasn't. So that was with um, the Football Magazine. There you go. So, a well-translated quote there for headlines. (laughs) Um, What a surprise. Is it international break this week as well, Dave? What a surprise. Mm. It's a strange thing. Sometimes he gives interviews away from the club, you know, when he's hiding with his pals. Yeah. Louis Murad said, what are your opinions on the Benteke interview and the potential aftermath it will cause? As you say, Lawrence, it may have the, the translation. We're not quite sure yet how accurate it is. But it does seem like his time at Liverpool could be at an end this summer. I don't. I mean, I don't get why players give interviews like this. If they want to leave a club and do it respectfully, he doesn't seem like that kind of a player to do that. Um, I'm, you know, I can understand his frustration. You know, he's been bought in by a previous manager, then they bring someone else in. It doesn't. I, Klopp doesn't strike me as a particularly poor man manager, um, and I, I think Klopp is also perfectly justified that if he doesn't want to play a player, then don't play him. It's not he, you're not beholden mm. to play someone just because they cost your club a lot of money, um, especially under a previous uh, regime as well. So it's That's a difficult good. situation for him. And at the same time, obviously he's going to the Euros this summer. If he wants to get uh, if he wants to get out the club or he wants to go somewhere else, then put yourself in the window. He it's is quite, a very good. It's quite interesting. Was, again, again, like Lauren said, the interviews sort of to the headline is just is the is like none of the what he's actually saying. Yeah. So sensationalist. Uh, yeah, yeah, sensationalist massively. You know, he does talk about. There's one bit that says, you know, um, I don't understand why Klopp wanted to sign me for Borussia Dortmund, and then he gets me at Liverpool, and it's not sort of getting on. But I think he, he kind of, you know, uh, he finds it weird that he feels that Klopp doesn't um, doesn't believe that he. Doesn't believe what? 
Sorry, I've, I've, my phone. I thought I, I thought my phone had died and I'd gone off, but no, oh, right. Sorry, it hasn't. You're fine, Dave. <laughs> Mid flow. <laughs> he doesn't believe that he. Oh. Just like... <laughs> so I'll jump in there. So he doesn't believe that um, Klopp thinks that he can press and so forth, but he says that he can press. But it's just quite interesting. It seems that he wants to be more involved at Liverpool. He likes to get the ball and so forth. So it's you know the headline obviously makes it sound like he's kicking off but really he's just talking about his time at Liverpool I don't, quite I, I don't dislike him at Liverpool actually quite I like him as a player I think Liverpool fans expect uh, that you know they never saw him as a particularly sort of Liverpool-esque striker but I, I actually I, in the two games that I've seen him most recently which at West Ham Live I actually think he led the line pretty well like the guy here is an interesting and long question from Nico at Marahez on Twitter do you think financial fair play works as it currently stands? Have we seen this season teams like Inter have tried to return to their former glory, mm-hmm. but have been somewhat held back by FFP, seeing as they've had to sell some key players like Kovacic and Shakiri and Hernanez? Does it influence a model of achievement through present resources? Or is it keeping the big club bigs and the small clubs small? Very interesting question. Big I think clubs financial... big, small clubs small. Yeah, that is what financial fair play has often been accused of that you can't a club like Manchester City for example a few years ago had that massive investment they now wouldn't be able to that it almost wouldn't be able to happen because they'd never be able to move into that next bracket almost because you have to obviously uh, create the revenue that sustains your club yeah so is it again you know we, we've talked about the European Super League a few weeks ago and there does seem to be this there does seem to be this almost desire to sort of close ranks especially among the elite clubs who are maybe scared that you know they're, they're going to be superseded and even weirdly this UEFA financial fair play even though it may have noble intentions in practice it's difficult to see how it benefits the game in some ways yeah um, you know I mean rules are there to be updated and changed and those sorts of things but I you say broken but yeah I mean they're broken in <laughs> ways I mean if they're updated it's broken breaking rule really isn't it um They've sort of kind of relaxed it this season. They've relaxed it badly. Kind of a bit under the radar, hasn't it? Basically, because clubs were complaining about it. And it wasn't, mm. you know, they were worried about their product being damaged. But do you care more about your product being damaged? I mean, that's the problem is if you want to be a lazy marketer, then you're not going to look at your product. You're going to look at your marketing. And if you want to be good at making products, then you'll look at your products and they'll market themselves. Interesting. I think that it's not been enforced well at all. Not at all, um, no. You know, you go back to the Manchester City with getting, what, 400 million from Etihad airplanes out of nowhere when FFP were going to strike down them. PSG um, putting money into a hoardings, a single hoarding in Paris for 400 million pounds. Um, wow. These things have not been reported on and these things are quite big. Obviously, when you have money, it's easier to keep the money right you know you'll get accountants and so forth well, these big clubs have more resource than the guys that are making the legislation so at the end of the day the big clubs are going to win and they're going to continue to win but they're, again they're going to keep like we, like you mentioned before Adam they're going to keep themselves at the top and the small guys who you know for example another Man City that pops up they're going to try and beat them down aren't they I think that's how it's going to evolve in, unless they do something proper about it and unless they enforce the rules properly mm. it's a bit of a quandary Next up, Charlie Walsh. Assuming the league reverts back to normal next season, which team do you think will be the best of the rest next season? Um, What does that mean, the best of the rest? Um, They mean mean everyone who's not in the top four uh, basically (laughs) comes along and uh, and has, has a bit of a party, but not enough of a party. I uh, don't know. Who, who would you go for? I'm going to go... Well, yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal. I reckon Leicester might be the best of the rest of the <laughs> Do you really think? I don't think they're going to finish in the top four. I, I think, think they could sustain. Everton. Oof, depends if uh, Martinez is still there. Yeah. Yes, hey? uh, I, but if, I, think, I think even if Martinez is still there, I think they're going to invest and I think they're going to... Uh, they're basically going to bring themselves up the table even further they're going to find people to compliment Lukaku um, unless of course there's a massive bit for Lukaku over the summer of like 60 million or something ridiculous I mean I, well, there, there, I mean, yeah I yeah. can see that happening because he is he's a great option for a club I mean Dave statistically 22, 22. like Dave statistically Lukaku's a good pick oh yeah he's absolutely cracking his goal scoring record's 
ridiculous. What is he? He's one of only five players that have scored 50 Premier League goals below the age of um, of 23. You know the yeah. list of like Robbie Fowler, Owen, Rooney, and Cristiano Ronaldo. So that is a, a f- no. Cristiano Ronaldo is an absolute lie. I've forgotten the last name. One of those disappointing instances where Dave can't pull a staff top of his head. It is happens it, about 1% of the time. Is it, is it, I think I'm going to go and jump off the balcony, lads. It's over. Ooh, it's Dave, over. At least Dave's got a balcony, though, so at least his stats are paying for something nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he's a fantastic player. He's He has all the attributes to be a really good striker. I criticised him last year for his um, sort of his touch and, and some of his passing was very, very poor for Everton, but it seems like he's got a lot more clinical this time, this time, this season. So, you know, Lukaku is a, is a great, great player and he, he's destined for great things, whether it be at Real Madrid, Barcelona, one of the Everton. super clubs are going to pick him up, PSG. Everton? Um, I can't see Everton keeping him for, I, even in the summer, I can kind of see someone going in for Everton, for Lukaku and being 60 mil on the table. There you go, pal. Yeah, 60 mil, a cool 60 mil. Here's a great question, a serious footballing question from Cameron Falcus. Thank you very much for your question. Favourite song ever? Ever. Wow. Ever. Ever in the history of your life. The Beatles Dave. becomes the sun. You know what I'm going for. That is If You'll Be My Bodyguard. Yes, that is it. What's it called? It's called Simon. It's called Simon. Call me Betty. Call me out. Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. Oh, mate. What a song. I just. Yeah, you know what? I'll take Unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. It's a good song. It is Dave, a good song. Adam, Dave, unbelievably, you've stolen my favourite song. Adam, what's oh, that? Oh, really? I can't believe it. I literally can't. That's my favourite song. I thought Are you joking? Was, I thought yours was no, by, me, by the dinosaur. Time. I love you, you love me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's uh, Blurry by Pardon the Mind, actually. Yeah, lie. That's a great song. Great song. Nice. I do love John <laughs> John Denver Country Road as well. That's probably my second favourite song. It's all about Bloody Falls Island and Justin Bieber. Next question. Um, I've still got two quick follow ones here for you, Dave, because they're Manchester United themed. Um, first up, please discuss Andrea Berta, in brackets, rumoured appointment, and the need for a sporting director for Manchester United FC. So, in terms of the need, massively needed, we've seen the failing transfer policy of recent years where we've been spending stupid cash on stupid players that obviously haven't fit in or they've just not worked out. You know, you look at Falcao, you look at Di Maria, the players that are a quality that just haven't sort of fit into the club. And then moving on to the fellow that we're going to pull from Atletico Madrid, this guy has, has picked up some some real good prop, you know good players in his time there. Dude. He's picked up, you know, you're looking at Aguero, Angel Carrera, who's coming through now, Griezmann moved, obviously. Um, then you look at like Savic, Carrera, Farasco. Just look at their last the last um, window that they had was absolutely fantastic. Like it was a really good window. Bar Jackson Martinez, you'd say they had a really good um, window. Like getting Cranvita from River Plate, one of the best young um, oh, central yeah. midfielders. Uh, he's just like he's a big, he's a good cheese. I think he's a you know he's at what kind of cheese is he, Dave? Oh, that's a good point. What cheese would it be? Hard is it, cheese, he's a good cheese. cheese. I think he's. He's, he thinks he's cottage cheese. He's going to build United a little cottage cheese, Dave. God, he's classic cottage cheese, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's going to be a parmesan. He's, he's going to be, be the foundations of something brilliant. Oh, my God. Actually, no, par- parmesan's Dave, more shaving something than the yeah, top, isn't it? It adds the toppings, Dave. Really, mm. you're looking at something like a, cream, <laughs> a creamy sauce. You just sprinkle that. Sauce. Yeah. They've like yeah. a mozzarella, you know? Probably yeah, yeah, yeah Dave. He's it. more like a mozzarella. Yeah. Key component. That's, yeah, a key component to any good pizza. And also, Dave... Quickfire, do you do you see Anthony Martial as a future Ballon d'Or winner? Yes, yes, I do. Brilliant. Mm. Is anyone in real life? That is answer enough. Oh. Um, Dan H, Danny Othello. What a great surname. Who do you think will win the Euros this year? Albania. Mm. Mm. It's going to be Go France. On. Do you think? Actually, no. I've got my doubts about France. I don't know if they've got the. They've got the mentality to win. Oh, uh, uh, Adam, I'm only asking, do you think France are the Spurs of the Euros? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the team who are playing 
the best football playing, in the world. Playing really nice football, but then <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying is this is Ball why, guys, <laughs> Albania are going to win it. It's because Albania are the Leicester of the Euros, right? Could <laughs> England be the Leicester of the Euros? Uh, no, because no. <laughs> just no. Okay, I'm. Uh, uh, it's an obvious answer, but I'm still going to go with France. I think. I think someone's going to carry them over the line, Dave. Um, I'm going to go with Germany. The basic obvious choice. Question yeah. though to you two gentlemen, yeah. Spain. Ooh. Who is the highest paid coach at the Euros? I can't. I can't yeah. answer this because I already know. It. Adam, yeah. do you know it? Yeah, I've got my suspicions. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Dave, um, it's Razor Roy Hodgson. Razor Unbelievable, Roy. eh? Yeah. Unbelievable. Conte is getting paid less money than Roy Hodgson. Yeah. Martin O'Neill is getting paid less the, money than Roy the Hodgson. world champion, Yogi <laughs> Love, <laughs> is getting yeah. paid less than Roy Hodgson. Crazy. Vince, Del Bosque, World Cup, Euros, everything. The, the, it's just the unbelievable. Guy three crowns on his head is getting paid less money Roy Hodgson. <laughs> now, all I'm saying is, it, you're, you're not paying for success with Roy. You're paying for good media management. All right. Got the semi-finals of the Europa League one time. Um, <laughs> Lawrence, who is uh, your pick for the Euros? I'm going to go Spain. Oh, I like that choice. Yeah. Um, on a on a sort of similar theme here, at the boy LS said, "Who should make up the front three? Great podcast. First, France. This." Euro 2016 front hacking Griezmann Martial and Giroud ooh tasty Dave do you agree with that yeah obviously Karine has got has had some issues yeah fucking a few issues can't disclose those issues so yeah I quite like that I like I like Giroud Martial and and Griezmann that's that's decent that is got some goals that is diverse it's fast And I tell you what, if, if Martial comes up against Nathaniel Klein for England, England are done. <laughs> <laughs> what about, though? Curveball, Lacazette through the middle. Oh, <laughs> Dave, that is... Uh, Dave, I think what you do is when they get tired, you bring on Lacazette as impact. Yeah, fair, fair point. Yeah. Start with Giroud, start yeah. with a big man. Start with a big man who can knock it down. Like, so, mm. I, it just works for me. Oh, yeah. And That's what they've been playing of late, right? That's They have been playing that in, um, the... Qualifiers and so forth. And then imagine Pogba behind that. Mm. Oh, and Matuidi. Come and, on. And, and then Lastiara in the hole, controlling things. And Dave, I mean, do you want the option of Payet? Yes, please. <laughs> oh, see, they've got a do you very want... good squad. Very yeah, good. I know. Yeah, I know. But we say the same about Spurs, don't we, Adam? <clears throat> oh, Harry says. I would be good if Spurs won it. Oh, one last. In the lovely question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Adam. Don't speak over Dave. <laughs> One last thing, they've also got um, Ousmane Dembele, who is the young Ooh, French the sensation. In the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only Zlatan Ibrahimovic has scored more goals in 2016 in Liga than Ousmane Dembele, and this lad has it all. Ba-bam. Mind blown. Ba-bam. Bam. And he's 18 years old. Where 10 Dave, goals. Where does Dave get all his stats from? I just. Where does he get all his stats from? Yeah, just Google, mate. What people want to know. Just Google. Um, what Harry wants to know, though, is transparency between clubs and fans over transfer budgets necessary for the progression? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The football, or is it even possible at all, Lawrence? Um, I think it would be if we change the financial structure of football, right? But I mean, do you what, what do you think it changes? Do you think that clubs are lying to fans about the transfer budget? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Tra- 
transfer budgets uh, are necessary. I think. I think. I do think that. I think maybe the thing is that clubs, obviously, if if you have owners that you trust, then obviously you go. You know what? I trust them with the budget. But if you don't, then you sort of think like you know, for instance, Arsenal fans. You know, the most bipolar people in the world when it comes to finances in Wenger. Go, <laughs> you know, ooh, you know, one minute is like, they don't have the money to spend. You know, yeah. Wenger's not the money. And the next minute is, well, he's had the money. And you're like, how well, many actually, years is, um, they don't know. How many years has Arsene Wenger had that war chest for now? Seems every March there's that, that war chest. Put it this way, Adam, if, you, if you had a war chest, would you throw it away or would you, uh, would you keep it in your living room so that when you had guests over, Adam, you could show them your war chest? <laughs> Because it was a war budget. chest, is to be honest. It's like a big um, chest, Adam, with a war in it. Yeah, it's got and lots of money, apparently. Um, Nico says, uh, let's, let's put this to you, Dave. Um, do West Ham run the risk of growing too fast, aka stretching the squad too thin, if they make top four? I'd be more, I'd be more afraid as a West Ham if they, West Ham, as a West Ham, as a West Ham as fan, a West Ham if they. May, yeah, an iron. If they made the uh, Europa League, I think that because the you know the sort of the amount of games you got to play and everything like that, that's more likely to stretch their squad. Obviously, playing the Thursday Sunday every single week is just it's a bit too much in a way. You know, we've seen Liverpool, United, Spurs come on stuck this season after playing on a Thursday night. Obviously, Spurs did very well to sort of give the game to Dortmund and then go and win at the weekend comfortably. But it, it, that'd be more of a worry if they got to the Champions League. They could attract you know better players. Um, more quality and, and then you're still playing on the, you've got the Tuesday, Saturday or the Wednesday, Sunday you're still alright so I think the Europa League could kill them but Champions League would be positive for the club in my opinion It's a very good point mm. I mean you know you look at Sevilla who have been in the Europa League for a couple of years you look at a couple of teams who have been in the Champions League for a couple of years and they still struggle to sign big players mm. but I mean mm. West Ham are good at cutting certain kinds of deals but mm. you know if you're good at cutting certain kinds of deals doesn't mean that you can always go up to the next level. It's the, the sort of it's the it's Vardy problem, isn't it? And our, our, you yeah. know, I mean, it, the point is that consistently we've questioned whether West Ham are growing at the wrong speed, and consistently they've outpaced and out uh, maneuvered everyone else. So credit to them for what they've done so they're far. They're an interesting place, aren't they? Very exciting place. Well, they're, 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 they're in they're in Wembley. They're they're in uh, the the Olympic Stadium. Olympic Stadium. It's a very interesting place. Um, speaking of war chests, Kieran at scouting for FIFA. Oh, good uh, name. Like lovely little YouTube channel. I'm a big fan of that. He says... Didn't they do a, a Speaking of war chests. Ago? Speaking of war chests. Oh. Papers have been full of... Wenger has been told by the board he has to spend. If true, realistically, will he spend enough and spend enough to strengthen the positions Arsenal are lacking in to mount, you know, an actual title challenge? Okay, Thank so he needs, what, 400 million? Now, it's the age-old question with Arsenal. And it's not a new question in many ways. Arsenal are lacking in certain areas. Um, They never seem to strengthen in those areas. I mean, famously, last summer, Arsenal were the only team, uh, certainly in the English Football League, to not sign an outfield player. Adam, we've spoke about this. They signed that Rene Adler fella from Leon, bro. Come on. Yeah, bro. Not a yeah, bro. I mean, um, <laughs> bloody bro. He only signed that one, you know, that one outfield player. Um, yeah, but they bought a goalkeeper, Adam, to make their unit. It's true. And uh, look how well it's worked out for them. Um, do you think... Ooh, salty, man. <laughs> he's won them 15 points, though, hasn't he? He's, won them for, he's worth well, 15 points think, a season, Adam. I think, yeah. I think if you look at uh, where Arsenal cost them 20. This season compared to where they are like, this season, they're not actually uh, that much better off. But yeah, are they not? Lawrence, is money the answer? Is money the answer at Arsenal? Or are we stuck in this groundhog day where it's going to be always the same until Wenger leaves? Right. I feel like that's the situation where money it, is not the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think we're in a we're in a, a rock and a hard place at Arsenal. The rock is Wenger. The hard place is Gazidis. Ooh. I think what's interesting about Arsenal and I've seen spoken a lot about in the last few weeks Dave is the fact that and it comes out every season the fact that um, Arsene Wenger is the perfect manager for Stan Kronker uh, if that is how you pronounce his name that you know he came out of that quote a few weeks ago again which sort of flared this all up that he doesn't believe owning a club is about 
winning trophies. It's not about championships. It's about running a successful and stable business. Now, of course, Arsenal fans are very upset by that, but there's almost not that... <sighs> Wenger doesn't have that pressure on him. He doesn't have that, uh, that force pushing on him to win championships. It's a very comfortable position they're in at the moment. How, how did this guy get to own a football club? <laughs> he's got a, he's got a history of of stacking debt on sports institutions, you know, NFL, NHL, NBA, whatever. Yeah, he's owning a football club. I'm sure there's a guidelines they're not in the FA that go through. Hey, let's think about this owner. Come in. Yeah, no, he's fine. He's got the cash, hasn't he? It's just an absolute I think joke. The proper person's test is very strict. <laughs> very strict. What, what was it? Shin and Archer? What was he called? The lad that went to the city. Taxing Shin and Archer, that what? He's now in prison. Yeah, about that. Adam, I genuinely think when they look for a fit and proper person, they literally just look for a human. And they go, oh, you were is, it, is it a human? Excellent. And they go, it's not, oh, it's not a Terminator. Brilliant. Bring him in. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, shit. It turns out Randy Lerner is a Terminator. A Terminator <laughs> of dreams. Ooh. 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 That cuts deep, that. Shit, that does cut deep because we're actually Ow. all going to miss Aston Villa in the Premier League next season. <gasps> we are. I don't know if I'm... I, I think they're, they're a big club. They're a great club. I don't know if they. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to miss them. I think that's generous. I'm absolutely generous. They haven't entertained me a great deal. I don't feel Adam, like. Know, you know, Adam, come on. I mean, I know not this iteration. They deserve to go down, but and think, that's about, why think about them. Hopefully, years ago. Come on, think about them. They used to have Darius Vassell up front. Mm, what a legend! Come on, Adam. I mean, Adam I, and I've got a question for you, Adam. Big, big <laughs> question. It's from Pimp Daddy D, who says, Adam. <laughs> Why do you hate <laughs> Arsenal so much? Are you jealous? Ooh, Am I jealous? got you there, mate. Jealous, is that what he's trying to say? Yeah. I, uh, what's he said? Why do I hate Arsenal so much? Yeah. Uh, first off, I don't hate Arsenal. Um, I actually uh, am not a mindless Spurs fan who just hates Arsenal just because yeah. there are our rivals. Obviously, there is a rivalry there, but I feel like, you know, I don't have as much animosity towards them as I would say. Chelsea, yeah, uh, or Weird. even Man United, to be honest. But and I, I've got a lot of respect for Arsene Wenger as well. Um, oh, not necessarily yes. jealous, oh. not necessarily jealous, but obviously Arsenal have been way better than us for a, a long time now, and you just have to uh, accept often, that. I'm not jealous. Yeah, well, yeah, you're not jealous. Just oh, jealous. not jealous. Just you know, <laughs> just wish we had what they had. Nothing. What? Nothing. <laughs> I think I, I like the fact that. In a way, I like the fact that Spurs were really disappointing when I was growing up, and now it feels like we, you know, we've earned it. And finally, my God, we finally got to this place where we're actually we're not going to win the league, but we're challenging for the league, and it, it makes it all the sweeter. You know, yeah, fuck you, that. Sol Campbell, dickhead. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> about question. Yeah. If, if we if we were given a war chest, four hundred million with Arsenal Jesus in Christ. the summer, who are we going for? I'm going my for. Right, so what do we need first, actually, lads? What do we need? I'm, I'm getting... Uh, oh, Dave, if we don't get a war chest, can we make some money from the players that we sell, like, say, Jack Wilshire? Yeah, yeah, let's... OK, so we sell, let's get rid of some players first. Who's going, then? First of Wilshire? all, I'm, I'm selling... Are we I'm talking selling, about as if, if we manage an Arsenal? Just, yeah, yeah. I'm selling Wilshire right. to Stoke for, yeah. eight, for eight million. I agree. I'm happy with that. And Wilshire yeah. is well on his way, all right? Yeah. I'm selling Ramsey... Ooh, not sure about that, mate. I'm no, because, because I'm bringing in Verratti. Okay, well, interesting. I'm having Verratti Cazorla in midfield alongside. Mm-hmm. I want a destroyer. Um, you could go for Angulo Conte, right, but I don't know if he'd be. I don't know if he'd be <laughs> the, the right destroyer for you. Yeah, but he, he is in the French squad, though, Dave. He is. Yeah, so I mean, he suits what Wenger normally likes. Okay, all right. So that's our midfield three. That's a, that's we a complete obviously need a front three. Uh, so there's you, me, um, <laughs> Boltwood, <laughs> and Boltwood up front. Boltwood, Boltwood. And now I get the feeling that Boltwood would put things wider the post deliberately because he's playing up front for Arsenal. So I think. Mm, can true. you imagine that if no, the, if, if Adam was I've just up front and he was just like deliberately shooing things wide, <laughs> like this amazing <laughs> move, and then Adam just skies it. <laughs> Shanks it into the Shanks it into the... Yeah, oh, so close, guys. Never mind. Oh, well, fourth again. My dedication <laughs> to my team is absolute. Although, 
I wouldn't shit on the pitch uh, instead of uh, <laughs> running off as right. we I mean, once asked. What I will say, Adam, is it is unusual that you just suddenly bring that up. Um, <laughs> completely unquestioned. That was the ultimate <laughs> no. question about what was it? Would, would you, you shit rather... on the pitch and and uh, and score a goal or, and and score a goal, or would you uh, <laughs> leave the pitch right. and concede a goal? Um, that was a great question. That, that, was, question. that was probably one of the best questions we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> it was real, Sophie's choice. That was a, yeah, <laughs> and believe me, Sophie would shit on the pitch. Oh yeah, she definitely. <laughs> Let's. Uh, we've got quite a lot. Of, we've got an insane amount of replies. So let's let's keep going for these questions, guys. Before uh, before we have to wrap things up, um, here, oh, the main man, John Shin. We've got to answer John's question. So the finest lads in the game. I've been recently seeing Bastian's name pop up on a few flops of 2016 esque articles. Thoughts for the reported fee in the games he's played with fit. I wouldn't necessarily label Bastian Schweinsteiger a flops. Perhaps my perhaps my unconscious bias. Now. I think you have to say when when you when you talk about flops in a season, you talk about bad transfers. It's not necessarily a, a reflection on the player. The player has done badly. The player hasn't been good enough. Yeah. I think you have to take into account that maybe that player was a poor signing in the first place. Didn't fit the team or the system or, or whatever. That's that not that bad. He hasn't been. I mean, Dave, you can shed some more light on this, but he only cost what was it? Seven million, I think, was the reported fee. Something like that. Yeah, he's had, he's, he's had his good games and he's had his bad games. But one big thing that they probably should have looked at before they signed him, I think he's only played like 26 or something games in the last three seasons in the Bundesliga. Mm. He was just very injured. Well, he's going to miss the rest uh, of this season, isn't he? No, so, so 20, I think it was 20 in the last maybe. But yeah, so he's out for the rest of the year. News today that he's that got another sad. knee injury. That's sad. He's very sad. So he's torn the ligament the, with Germany, hasn't he? Yeah, it's, it's just... But when, he, when he's sort of... You can tell tell that he still has the quality but it's the consistent like he needs to be playing week in week out right to to sort of command that that position in the team and if he's just sort of being injured for four months and then back for, for two and injured again it's you know a sad way to say that it might not work out from at united because you know if, whoever comes in are they gonna like want bastian there if he's not going to be a, a guaranteed starter but he's a good person to have around the dressing room but it's a bit un, you know I don't want to see Bastian be that you know just an influence in the dressing room I want to see him playing again yeah, but Dave, he's a wonderful player but, so put it this way so if Bastian isn't fit enough to play however many games a season then you bought him for other reasons right so surely it's good to then have him around the dressing room which underplays how important an influence like that is around the dressing room because it's not only I mean you know it's out on the training pitch it's you know, uh, teaching young players, uh, you know, the, the right kind of dedication, all those kind of things and things that most people outside of a club probably overlook because they're not there on the day to day. So, I mean, it's probably important to have those kind of things. And you also think, you know, Mourinho likes to recycle the ball out of midfield quickly. Essentially, he doesn't like it in the midfield at all. So Bastian's good distribution and good thought for the game could actually serve him quite well. No, no, I think I, what I, what I, you know, I just going back to the whole like Bastian Schweinsteiger as a, a legend of football in a way. I'd like to just see him playing week 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 in week out. Which potentially Manchester United's not the right club for him to do that. You know, to play in what Champions League? No, maybe not. Maybe go back to Germany and play for a club there. But obviously, he's got the buying connection. No, I, I do think he'll be. He's definitely brilliant in the dressing room. You know, see his. You always see after the game when he he always sort of goes over to Memphis to pie, whether he's had a bad game, whether he's had a good game. It looks like he's a kind of like a father figure to him in a way, which is good, you know, very positive thing. And yeah, you're right. If, if Bastian Schweinsteiger's fit for a season, he'd be a brilliant Mourinho central midfielder. But the, that's the only issue, isn't it? Mourinho likes that consistency of, of selection. You know, we saw Fabregas and Matic boss the midfield for Chelsea for that title-winning season. And then I would love to the... see, I'd love to have seen Schweinsteiger at Arsenal or, I mean, then he would have got injured, but I would have loved to see him at <laughs> Arsenal or Chelsea. I think he'd be a yeah. great influence in either of their midfields. I mean, especially Arsenal's. You look at the structure that they lack without Zola, and it's, um, you know, I mean, just look at what Schweinsteiger could do there. Loads. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I was just trying to answer. Um, <laughs> I just got lost in your voice. Next, next uh, very serious question. Yeah. Uh, JB Josh Barton. It's the age old question for at Squawker Dave Heinz Beans. Or Branston B. Ooh. You see, I'm one of those guys that I kind of like brand sensitive with my sources. So, Are you know, you? like, 
Smarto ketchup. Like you can't get any other brand than than Heinz. And I feel Amen. the beans have gone the same way. That you've got to a, when you're getting your yeah. sauces or like your mayonnaise, don't get the Pre- cheap shit. You know, go for the go for the Hellmans, go for the Heinz, <laughs> go for the reggae reggae sauce when you want reggae reggae sauce. Do you know what I mean? You've got to. I, mean, I, I do like my sauces, and you've got to be, you know, Coleman's. If you go in mustard, you've got to go Coleman's. Right, okay. One of these D- things. Dave, are you looking for sponsorship from a sauce manufacturer? I'd love, yeah. mate, I, I absolutely love, sauce is probably my favourite thing about food, this sauce. It's so good. Dave, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I've been caught in Peroni and then Branston just uh, Yeah, <laughs> Well, no, this is the thing. So I'd go with, with Heinz beans, but then Branston pickle, what a dream. Branston pickle. I love the Unbelievable. idea of, of Dave from now on going on shows with sauce stains on his shirt to deliberately advertise. <laughs> Companies. Not so subtle, really, I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. Dave's just got like a massive splodge of Heinz ketchup, and he's like, and then when someone goes, Dave, Dave, what's that on your shirt? He's like, oh, it's just a really tasty Heinz ketchup. <laughs> you get it at two for two pound forty nine at Tesco's. <laughs> but it's I was so engrossed um, in my food because it tasted so good that I, uh, well, I, uh, I got a little bit lost. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Back to my Heineken. <laughs> Peroni, Jesus. Peroni, Lawrence. We want a deal. Yeah. Mandar. Uh, Mandar with three R's on Twitter. Thank Mandar. you very much for your question. Best fullbacks fun. in the Premier League this season. Mm, Let's go with left back mm. first. Now, <sighs> we're looking at Daddy Rose, of course. I think he's probably in the conversation. Of course, we are. We're looking at, we're looking <laughs> at Alberto Moreno. We're looking at. Uh, <laughs> Really? Moreno, you yeah. mad, bro? Yeah. What about? Uh, well, guys, are we looking no, at Leicester for this? Are we? Looking yeah, it's got to be Fuchs. Definitely, he's got to be up there. He's Ooh. been brilliant. Are we Fuchs. looking at? Are we are looking at Luke Shaw? signed in Jan as well? At the start, Monreal, Monreal's definitely Monreal. consistently wise. He's there, hundred percent. Are we? Are we looking at Luke Shaw? Uh, we would have done if he wasn't broken legged. Dave, how many games what did about? he play before he got injured? He was quality, I think. Maybe 10. So I think he was, and apparently he was quality for every one of those games. He was so good. There you go. So I'm going to put him forward. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Luke Shaw to make a stunning return to Manchester United next month. <gasps> Breaking news. Well, Not in the team, yeah, right. but mm. probably on the training ground. What about a right-back, guys? I'm going to go. I'm going to put Nathaniel Stand Klein up. forward. Nathaniel Klein? Mm. Good show. Um, and especially considering that when Glenn Johnson left Liverpool, he said no one in that team's going to walk into that position. And you were sort of like, Glenn, are you all right? <laughs> There's no one in that team that would walk into that right back position. Yes, that's why they let you go, Glenn. Because <laughs> you got it. You got it on lock. <laughs> I'm going to throw in Hector Bellerin. Yeah, I'll yeah, I think that's the obvious one, isn't it? Why have, Arsenal, why have Arsenal not won the league this season? They've got a team full of players mm, that you're winning. They've got a really good team, actually. Carl uh, Walker, of course. I mean, you've uh, obviously got Yeah, we can't win them all, Adam. Can't um, win them all. Uh, I'm happy with Bellerin. Bellerin. Neron as well. The Watford left back, yeah. right back was really good at the start, yeah, but then yeah, probably yeah, drifted out, maybe. Yeah, he has drifted out. And also, I think it's because he's played a couple of other, but not just in one position, has he? He's mm, true. Um, here's, a, here's a question for you, Lawrence. Yeah. Mohamed. Why is LFC so inconsistent? Is it simply the squad and or Klopp experimenting with the side? Yeah, I do think it's down to experimentation. Um, you know, I mean, we saw the other... It wasn't just Skirtle, but Skirtle was a huge reason why Liverpool um, capitulated the other day. The structure of their back line was... Uh, the integrity of it was uh, compromised when he came on. Um, <laughs> and I think that we will see Skirtle moved on come the end of the season. I think Klopp's trying to find out what these players are capable of. and He's not pushed them to the very limit yet. But, um, you know, I think there, there have been some also some big tests uh, and also some big fails recently. I think, you know, you can't just go to United and win big there. 3-1 mm. on aggregate. You have, to, <laughs> um, you, have to, you have to get consistency. I think Klopp's looking for that. He's looking for players who will not just perform in just the big games. Question here from my kind of question actually from Miguel Mena. Great question. Batman or Superman? Adam, no, Adam you've seen the question. movie tonight. You've seen the movie. I did. You're I've a social media yeah. influencer. And what was your uh, in many ways, opinion? I think it's safe to say, guys, uh, this movie got savaged uh, in most of the reviews. 
Um, people really, uh, really it's going in hard. It's on. I think it's currently on about thirty nine percent on Ron Smythe, which is not good. I think it's not as bad as those reviews would have you believe, but it's not a particularly good film either. It's pretty average. It's average, which disappoints me as a huge, uh, big nerd myself. But <laughs> do you mean um, figuratively speaking, or? <laughs> In many ways, in every way, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Batman or Superman, though. Batman's the better character. Most interesting Easily character. Batman. Yeah. Batman. Dave, who's your uh, choice there? Um, I'll probably go with Batman as well. He's got all the gear, hasn't he? Superman's he an alien. Got, it's a bit, a bit unfair. bit unfair. Who, uh, who's your favourite superhero, Dave? Not just limited to uh, Batman or Superman, probably. Um, I don't know, you know, mate. That's a that's a good question. Adam, do you have do you have a favourite superhero that's not just limited to Batman or Superman? My favourite is without a doubt Batman. Yeah, it's Batman. It's all when, Batman. when I heard you I'm ask, just... I was like, "What's he going to go say, Ant Man?" Well, outside of that is Captain America. Mate. Captain America Why? is a true legend of the, uh, the comic book game. Okay, are you are you big into comic books, Adam? Uh, you know, I used to read them when I was younger, so it's um. It's good to see all the movies coming out nowadays. Don't read so many nowadays. What do you, what what? Because you were saying that it uh, it does actually. So is it is it true to the comic books, Adam, or not? It's it's a mix of about this film is a mix of is a it's a miss. What's the word? It's a mishmash of lots of different comic books, okay. and therefore it doesn't quite work because all those comic books maybe had more coherent stories, and this film definitely doesn't. Um, but there you go. Definitely get to see it though. It's. Um, Sorry, it's not as good as uh, it's not as good as the the you know the Christian Bauer Batman movies. Even though the last one of those was pretty dodgy, the first two were unbelievable. Am I right? Yeah, decent yeah. decent films, mate. No, um, here's a good question from Ed Vinmar: Can Southampton reach the top four? One day, no, <laughs> not right now. But they've been they've been on a pretty impressive run, haven't they? Did. Yeah, they have. They were. It was. They went for a really bad spell, and then they changed to a back three. Um, you know, Ronald Koeman saying that he needed another defender. They needed another insurance policy because they just weren't defending very well. And he changed that, and now they've got on an absolute scintillating run of form. What a seventh in the Premier League now. I feel that they, they will get to the Champions League um, at some point within the next ten years. A hundred percent. You know, with the, the way that they run their club, uh, but not not yet. Not yet. Not this season. A hundred. I don't think not this season. You know, you've got. United City, West Ham currently above them, uh, along with Spurs, Arsenal and Leicester. So I just think that those clubs are a little bit ahead of Southampton. You could see, you know, if Pella stops scoring again, it's really interesting. Pella, both his seasons in the Premier League, he started really well and finished really well, but he has a really dodgy spell around Christmas time. What do you think he does? Uh, <laughs> probably, uh, he's on the naughty list, isn't he? Yeah, maybe he gets yeah, potatoes. But- yeah, I think he has a big roast dinner. He blows out on Christmas Day. It takes him a while to, uh, to get back in peak <laughs> condition. We've all been there. We've all yeah, been there. This is true. Here's a great question from Danny Saldana. Why does the Portuguese league not get the respect it deserves? It's one of Europe's top five leagues, yet doesn't get recognised as such. Now, that's interesting because I only found that out the other day. That of, you know, the oft-mentioned, mm. Squawker Dave's oft-mentioned top five European leagues. Portugal is number five. Yeah, oh, yeah, they are, technically. Yeah. But... Um, I'd say with, with the Portuguese league, the, the top three teams, so Benfica, Sporting and Porto, they've only just sort of all become good at the same time because usually you'll have Porto dominating, Benfica dominating or you know occasionally what in the 90s Sporting Lisbon had a very good team. But you haven't found them as strong as they have been now and they are really strong. You look at the what's quite interesting, how I sort of look at it this way, uh, is if you compare the top three in, in Portugal to the top three in Liga with PSG, Monaco and Lyon, you'd say that uh, the Portuguese league would probably come out of that winning two games to one. You know, you'd say PSG would beat, um, beat Benfica. You'd probably say that Sporting would do Monaco and I reckon Porto would do Lyon. But it's quite interesting to, to look at it like that. Again, the coefficient for the golden shoe... Um, the top scorer in Europe is done and Liga only has a 1.5 multiplier and uh, the Portuguese has a 2 multiplier similar to the Premier League uh, Bundesliga Serie A and so forth there you go yeah I like it you, do you like um, the multiplier Dave? Uh, no I think it's absolute rubbish okay great multiplier last <laughs> couple of questions before we finish up um, George O'Callaghan says how did England get the best out of John Stones? 
Um, what do you reckon? Uh, I think you put him alongside Chris Smalling and mm. you uh, tell them to go out there and be brave and don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, and you put them in between uh, Nathaniel Klein and... Oof. That's tricky because that is a young back line, isn't it? Uh, but they could they could work as a unit. I go Danny Rose. Uh, oh, okay, interesting. Um, interestingly, Jamie Vardy said in a in a Football Republic interview last week that Chris Smalling is the toughest player uh, he's played against. Really? But he also yeah. said Adam that he liked the classic movies. So I don't really know where we're going with that. <laughs> Yeah, Armageddon being yeah. the uh, Armageddon the, the, is the biggest classic you come up with. Yeah. Good old Jay, buddy. Do you, uh, who scored? Obviously, obviously, everyone's talking about England. Who scored? Released their uh, team of top-rated English eleven players. Oh, that's a waste mm. of time. Um, <laughs> it's I, one of the rivals, uh, th- maybe Dave. One. They're completely on brand. Um, J- Jack Butland, uh, Chris Smalling, mm. Phil Gagelka, mm. the two mm. uh, Spurs right and left backs, Deli Ali, uh, Ross Barkley, Drinkwater, Vardy, Kane. And my the only one the only reason I'm reading this list, Troy Deeney. That's well, that is um, thirty seconds of your life you're never going to get back. That is absolutely true. But then, uh, <laughs> if you think about it in this way, Dave, um, England is about <laughs> ninety minutes of your life you're never going to get back after every. Game. Oh, that is a good point, Lawrence. You're you're saving people because they won't have to go and watch England now because Troy Deeney isn't playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you very <laughs> much for for the ultimate stats agency. Who's scored? That team's not that offensive, though. That is pretty offensive to me, Adam. Yeah, same. I don't like the name. Are those teams not going to get? Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say, are those players not all going to get picked? Uh, um, you know. You know what? I, I think. I think a lot of them probably are. Um, is not, it? not necessarily in starting eleven, but they're all going to be in the squad. Doesn't no one I mean, want to see Troy Deeney come to the Euros? Why is it? See Troy Deeney. Not particularly. I like Troy Deeney. Good, good player. Yeah. Final question. Uh, Tim says, does Lawrence pluck his eyebrows? Love you guys. Uh, I mean, I'll get an errant hair if there is one, but I don't sort of go out of my way to pluck them, no. So technically, yes. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you very much. Are you jealous of Arsenal, are you, Adam? (laughs) Jealous of Arsenal. Before we go, can I announce the winner of the competition? Oh, yeah. God, this is so exciting. Oh, my God. Football Manager 2016 to give away. We said, go and review the podcast. Our favourite review is going to win that copy. Now, before now, we before we announce it, we just want to make it very clear that Adam was the one that picked this, all right? So if you're furious, yeah. at Adam Boltwood on Twitter, um, yeah. let us know, yeah. all right? Him. Yeah. Now, a few very good reviews. Thank you very much for your reviews. Uh, do rate and review the podcast, as always, not only to win free copies of Football Manager, although I'm sure that was a... A good incentive. The most recent review, Ant X AFC. Listen to you guys every week during my economics lecture. I don't know shit about the economy, but at least I know the front three. Very well said. Very well said. I like that one a lot. Um, I have one here from Chris Middleston. Chris Middlehurst, I should say. He said, just to help Lawrence out, Mario Melchior. Great review. Great review. Help us with that one. Do you, really do you know what that means? Well, yeah, it's because we were naming players who... Um, on a math, uh, not on a math, uh, they had uh, names with the same letters, yeah. <laughs> um, great review. Uh, said brilliant football analysis with great banter, best podcast around. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we also had Itsy Johnny saying these lads are legends of podcast, highly recommend it. Their banter is hilarious. I am the whole, um, yeah, it's good. You see, you did include the hashtag. Good, good one here mm. from probably the best podcast in the world. Combines the stats of Dave with the Ranty Lawrence. With that bloke called Adam, thank you. Great podcast, <laughs> and Dave. Are you still an absolute weapon? <laughs> yes, I am. Never going to change. <laughs> Never going to change. I love uh, the idea. In a few years time, Rhapsody said best podcast ever of all time. I don't know why other podcasts even bother. That is a good one. But lads, there's only one winner, and the winner of the Football Manager 2016 drummer is Dave O'Brien. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's Adam Baldwin. The guy is a legend. He's an absolute legend. He's <laughs> Didn't need to review it. It was just there. The coffee's already on his desk at work. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it was all an epic ruse. No, it's Ha WB Sifo. Ha WB Sifo. Please uh, slide into my DMs uh, to let me know who you are on Twitter. His review was the title of which was crucial to my living. 
and their review said, I need this pod to survive. Please don't stop uploading this. Dave brings the banter. Lawrence brings some pointless politics and economics, along with words like perception and institution, while Adam is the level-headed guy that I wouldn't mind bumping into in a dark alley. Now, I think that means that like they want to... Yeah. 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 <laughs> bump into me. Dark alley. And for that reason, ha, WB Sifo, you have won a free copy of Football Manager 2016. As I said, slide into my DMs. Good on you, mate. Good on you. Get you that free copy. It's the end of the podcast, guys. I mean, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for listening out there. I hope you enjoyed this week. A little Q&A to change it up in international Should we switch it up and do... Should we do news on the weekend? Yeah, just do news on Saturday before the England. We could do a little England preview. We could do a little England preview. We could also, come Saturday, will we also cover the fact that Nottingham Forest are going to uh, boycott the 150th anniversary dinner of the I European Cup? I mean, that Cup. is the big news that the people want to know. So uh, maybe. Are, are we going to talk about Matt Letizia's thoughts on Wayne Rooney? I'm just reading the front page of The Guardian now. Well, are we going <laughs> to talk about Boring? Did you remember the, anyone else read about the player this week who had an affair with his uh, teammate's wife? And then Ooh, the headline like read, deep. Um, I'm, I'm just following my heart. <laughs> hey, football mm. sex scandals could be a good topic. Um, until hey. then, though, until we do discuss all that, uh, where can the good people, where can the whole find you, Dave? Um, on Twitter, occasionally. On YouTube, sometimes. Um, Dave Talks on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Squawker Dave on Twitter. Don't need to spell it now, guys. You, you've got the spelling down you, to a uh, T. It's, you it's know, S-Q-U-A. W K A D A. Yes. I mean, it's Lawrence. not hard. Uh, Lawrence, how do you spell your handle on Twitter? Uh, at Lostcast. L O Z C A S T. How can people find you, though, Adam? Oh, you go on at Adam Boltwood on Twitter or the Football Republic on YouTube. We're all on there as well, so definitely check us out. Until Saturday, how. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lovely Thursday and Friday. Bye.